of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? Doing great. Oh, fantastic. Yep. All right. Got a, a load of stuff. On. Lots yeah. going on. Lots of reactions lately. Yeah. We had a lot of feedback from the last episode. Yeah. Before we get into anything, I want to say uh, I'm wearing my new fan club renewal shirt. Yeah. Maiden really phoned this one in. Yeah, mailed <laughs> this it This is in. lame. Yeah. It's, it's light gray. Yeah. And it has like a tiny little, it's the, what is it, the Beast Eddie from the Legacy yeah. of the Beast and, tour. And it's a but recycled. really graphic looking one. It's a recycled, it's a recycled graphic. Logo, shrunk graphic down thing. and stuffed yeah. like up on the chest small. Yeah. And it's just basically a plain light gray t-shirt. Yeah. This is the worst Maiden shirt ever. This is one that we like. You think they'd say the best for the fan club because they want people to go around and say, oh, I'm in the fan club. Yeah. This yeah. one, I don't know. Super disappointed. Super disappointed. Because every year you get a bonus shirt. Yeah. And sometimes they're, they've been pretty cool. But like the last one I got was like that huge Book of Souls Eddie, which I'm not a huge yeah. fan of, but at least it was like a quality shirt. This is not a quality shirt. That was an awesome shirt. This one is lame. Yeah. And it had the FC on it. I remember yeah. that one. This one sucks. Yeah. That that legit sucks. <laughs> I'd agree with that. So uh, let's get the beer. Yeah, oh, he's right. He's, <laughs> he's, he's fired up. Nesbitt here. <laughs> Nesbitt here is with a scroll of notes ready to go. All pissed off over his shirt. This is great. So I this, love this. I'm going to be the chill one today. <laughs> I'm going to sit back. This beer is called Capitaine Simcoe. It's French. Captain mm. Simcoe. And it is from La True du Diable. Shawinigan, Quebec, Canada. Shawinigan. So I didn't realize that. when I bought it because I just, I like the label. It's a hopped yeah. sour beer. So another sour beer, which is, mm. uh, we've been having a lot of sour beers on the podcast and it's not intentional this time. Oh, wow. Shawinigan, Quebec, the home of uh, Jean Chrétien, the former prime minister. Oh, is it? And this, the week of the r- drop of the writ, the election writ in Canada. So oh. <laughs> very, very, very good choice, Nesbitt. You can go it deep on, on this purpose, stuff. Yeah. I can go deep on politics. Uh, yeah, awesome. Should we crack it? Okay. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. There we go. Cheers. <laughs> it was lovely. That's good, too. I'm really liking these sour beers. I know. Sours are the new IPAs, man. <laughs> these sours are so hot right now. <laughs> We're so behind the trend up here, <laughs> all the way up, tucked away up here. <laughs> Canada all t- cold and tucked away down there. Um, but we're, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, I think sours are coming in. And they were like, no, 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 everyone's onto these kombuchas and, and wine hops. And I was oh, yeah, like, yeah. what? <laughs> you, you live in one of these trendy places like Austin, Texas. That's delicious. That's a good one. Mm, that is really good. Love it. Cool. All right. So you've been listening to a lot of Fear of the Dark, getting ready. Well, that's the next album we're doing, starting yeah. next week. I've been listening to a ton of it. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, it's it's a huge relief, or it's a huge relief that I'm not listening to uh, Bruce Solo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got beaten up online for that. We'll get into that. Uh, I've been I, listening to nothing yeah. but the new Tool album. New Tool album. I listen to that like over and over. It's like blowing my mind yeah you've got it here next to us I've been it's got an hd screen that's right <laughs> it's ridiculous i've been listening to uh a little bit of fear of the dark but mm. then this tool album came out and it just kind of like it's taking you over yeah this is totally not an album for you at all mm. and i'll tell you why why when it first came out i listened to it the first time through and i was like yeah it kind of sounds like tool but it's not really blowing my mind mm. after like five or six listens i kind of started to get into it yeah and i was like okay this is pretty good and then it's you know, I'm starting to wrap my head around these songs because they're pretty long and in-depth. 
it wasn't until I got like 20 listens in that I realized how much I love this album. Yeah. Those are the best albums, though, the ones that really right. grow on you. But I'm just saying yeah. it's not a good one for you where you find so much. You find oh, yeah. it's hard I'll to find time to listen to albums. Yeah. If you want to listen to an album that has like all yeah. the songs are between 10 and 15 minutes. Yeah. And you have to listen to it 20 Forever. times to wrap your head around. Yeah. If it's a maiden album, I can do that, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, everything else, yeah. It's tough and Tool. I don't really. Yeah, and you're not a Tool a fan stuff. to start with. Yeah, I'm but, not um, a huge fan. Tool albums blow my mind. It's, an, it's outselling t- Taylor Swift. It's the number one album. Oh, well, it must be good. So they're selling, a, they're, <laughs> no, they're selling a physical album. Yeah. It's outselling like all the pop stuff that's on the go now. And it's an album full of 10 to 15 minute really complex songs that take a lot of listens to get into. Yeah, but they're, they're, it could also be skewed by the fact that a bunch of people are like, hey, man, I did the math and that HD screen is worth $35. You can no, it doesn't. It's, it's units, it's not. Uh, it's yeah. units sold. The fact that there's a market for an album or an appetite for an album that has that kind of songs on it mm. in today's day and age like gives me new f- hope for... <laughs> yeah, for, for civilization, humanity. for humanity. Because all the music now seems like it's yeah. like you listen to it the first time you hear it, you're almost sick of the song. But the first time, you know, it's all the music now. The pop music sounds so seems so like disposable. To yeah. Me. So when an album like this comes out and it goes to number one, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that's the a, next Maiden album will do the same thing. Hopefully, I mean, Book of Souls was broke the mold. Yeah, and that did well. Yeah. But you know, it's uh, I don't know. It it is interesting. I mean, most of these pop albums are not. They're not. They're not albums. They're just tracks. Yeah, this they, is an album yeah. concept. But Tool has dominated a lot of news feeds. I don't know how they did. They did the. They put their whole library out. We talked about that before. And then you know, I, I've seen a lot of stuff about Tool, and it amazes me because well, if you have, some, a, I don't really follow them. Band that has a huge fan base like that, and you don't put an, out an album for thirteen years. They've been constantly touring. They just haven't put an album out. Oh, okay. So they have this fan base desperate for an album for yeah. thirteen years, and it finally comes out. Wow. So everyone's like going nuts. Well, you had me intrigued. Tool. I'll play you a tool track next time we're like in the truck. Next around. time we're in the truck. Let's do so, it. Uh, this beer is delicious. This beer is excellent. Yeah. Oh, and something beer. else. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, I went on an Aerosmith rant. Yeah. And I played a clip from my favorite Aerosmith track. Yeah. Nobody's Fault. Yeah. And one of our listeners sent me a link to Testament doing a cover of that. So that was really cool. Oh, nice. I can't remember the name of the guy that sent it in, but oh. thanks for sending that in. That was pretty cool. Deadly. Yeah. Deadly. Yeah, oh, was... one other thing. Hmm. When I was in the record store, I found a copy of this for your truck. What? Oh, my God. Silicon Messiah. Where'd you get this? Record store. Record store. Really? Locally? Yeah. Deadly. That's awesome. Yeah, that's going in the truck. I got a cassette player in the truck now. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> you went for Old it. school. <laughs> nice. Old school. I was just like, you know, if you're driving around in a truck, you might as well be listening to tapes. Right? <laughs> Take that, hippies. Yeah, no, this is awesome. Well, thank you very much, Nesbitt. No problem. Fantastic. On-air so, gift. Uh, Love it. The tour continues. The Maiden tour is continuing. Yeah. We should talk about this uh, thing that happened in Tacoma, Washington. Yes. So there was a basically what happened, there was a fight with a fan yeah. and security at the Tacoma show. And Bruce had a, like, went on a rant about it on stage. I was actually talking to uh, one of our listeners, James, who was at the show. Mm. Um, he's been on our podcast a couple of times. Yeah. Um, you probably saw a bunch of clickbait headlines about this. Yeah. I saw one link. I think you saw this link yeah, too. I from metalheadzone.com. It says Iron Maiden's Bruce Dickinson leaves the concert after a serious beatdown. I know. 
which is totally not what happened at all. That's how do you get away with that? I don't know. So never go to metalheadzone.com for your news ever. Know. That's like the complete opposite of what happened. It makes it sound like well, I don't know. Basically, what happened is Bruce saw security beating on a guy in the audience, and he yeah. went on this big rant in between songs. Bruce didn't really get the whole story on it. There's two sides to it. Uh, actually, I'll play the clip of what Bruce said. There were ten people. Ten people. This is not a fucking mixed martial arts. In mixed martial arts, you have a referee, you know? This is not that. We've played to several hundred thousand people so far on this tour. This is the first time anything like this has happened. I don't know if this happens in this building all the time. I don't know if this is an act of fucking madness. And I hope that kid who's getting hospital treatment now that because he's bleeding from head wounds, I hope that kid takes this building to the fucking cleaners. And if anybody, if anybody has any footage, camera footage or anything, then we would be pleased to help facilitate it to find the bullies and the fucking criminals who are responsible. It's not necessary, it's not big, it's not clever. It's just called bullying. It's as simple as that. So this is a very appropriate song. It's called The Evil That Men Do. So I read a lot of first-hand accounts of people that were actually at the show and watched the whole thing happen. And I saw multiple YouTube clips of people that recorded this on their phone. So I don't know exactly. I just want to be clear. I don't know what happened. I'm not like the authority on what happened. I'm no. just reporting what I read. But I read firsthand accounts. So apparently a bunch of the people in the first to the barrier, you know, they get in early and yep. they get the front seats. They were complaining all night about this guy and kind of rep- reported him to security like multiple times. And he was being really aggressive and like grabbing people and trying to pull them off the rail. And take oh, their spot. Oh, really? I saw a report on one of the forums about someone that said they had bruises from this guy. He wow. was being that rough in the in the pit. Security talked to him a couple times before this. Um, and there's a Tacoma Dome spokesman had a quote, and he said, "Multiple complaints were received about an overly aggressive individual who, when addressed, physically attacked a security professional." So I don't know yeah. exactly what happened, but in the videos, you can clearly see the guy in the audience takes a swing and punches security guard in the face. Oh, wow. So, like, yeah, I don't know. And then he gets punched back, and it escalates, and then more security and police come in to try to remove the guy, and he yeah. resists, and it's a big, you know. Yeah. So I don't know what Bruce saw from the stage. Probably looked pretty bad. Um, the guy does, the security guard does look like he, like, lays a few good punches on the guy. Yeah. Um, and he was arrested and charged with assault, according to what I read online. So the, it looks like the, the guy, security guard or the or the, the guy in the audience. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like the guy was being like a drunken moron. Yeah. And security kind of overreacted, lost their cool and like yeah. they were beating on him. Um so security should never be punching and beating on people. No. But I mean, if you take a swing at like police or security, yeah. you're kind of asking for trouble. Yeah. So I think both sides are kind of to blame. But it's super shitty all around that's happened. Yeah. Metal already gets a bad rap. That's right. And then that's all you need is like news headlines about a maiden concert and like violence right oh now. but i mean sucks. like that little bit for in one concert on this tour I know, nothing yeah. on last tour it's hardly enough to give us a bad rap yeah but I, I mean yeah no it's unfortunate when i saw that and i sent that to you i was like what walks off stage i was like this can't be correct i know and then i watched the videos that i saw were just like people videoing bruce 
yeah. you know, talking yeah. about it. So yeah. if like you watch the clips, that. you can see that he punches yeah. the security guard in the face, or it looks like he does from what man, angle. you know, like you can imagine. I mean, I don't like making ex- excuses for these people because I think in the U.S. they have a real, definitely a their law enforcement. You watch the takedowns, and like you know, you see so many videos of like aggressive policing that you know, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, you know, but if you're working and you're trying to manage a giant crowd and you got some knobhead in there, yeah, you know, I, you're, you're, you're. And getting punched in the face, you know, like your 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 level is pretty low at yeah. that stage. And if you're gonna throw one punch, you might as well throw four. <laughs> so. And then Bruce was saying about like ten guys on one. Yeah. Like you can imagine how hard it'd be to pull someone who's resisting out of a crowd like that. It is, yeah. So I think it's yeah. fault on both sides all around. It's just yeah. generally like a horrible, shitty occurrence to happen yeah. at your concert. Yeah. And I'll start it by that idiot. Yeah. I don't know, like, like this guy's 26. I came out after. Mm. You look at the average age of, like, your Maiden fans. You know, I'd say your average Maiden fan at your concert's, what, 40? He was probably just going for mosh pit concerts yeah, and or something. I don't know. It's, I don't know. He was probably all hepped up on goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to keep sitting in our seats and not go first to the barrier, because oh I don't want to deal God. with this crap. I would lose my mind. Oh, my God. But fill, people from get first to the barrier. Yeah. They run up to the – or they don't run. They get in early. They get their spot at the front. And then when the – floodgates open and everyone else comes in yeah they basically spend the whole time trying to like get in front of these people and push their way to the front yeah and it just sucks i think they should do a barrier in front of the stage like they do now like the front of the mm. stage they let the first of the barrier people in and they have like a 10 foot space for them another barrier and then the big and then the crowd behind it oh that's a good idea you know what i mean if you're not in the fan club you want to get in the front pay your 50 bucks get your fan club membership like everyone else and get in the draw yeah. You know, that way the people that are really invested in the show from the fan club can get up front, not get harassed. Yeah. You know, uh, if you're not, you can get relatively close. You can get up to, yeah. you know, you'd be like 15 feet back. Um, I don't know if that would be a logistical nightmare for like security and stuff. Yeah. But Metallica has this thing called the Snake Pit. They've had it at a bunch of their tours. And basically, like the front of the stage has like ramps that go out in like a, a semicircle. Yeah. And if you get a VIP pass, you enter a draw, I think, and you win. I think that's how, how it works. Yeah. And then you get into this, like, VIP spot. Yeah. Where you're right pit. on the stage. Yeah. And it's not very crowded. I read a bunch of reviews of people that used it. Yeah. They said it's not very crowded. Must and be it, amazing. Like, just enough. And you're right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if Maiden could do something like that. Yeah. We should go see Metallica soon. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I saw them in Halifax a while ago. It was awesome. Mm. Anyway, that kind of sucks yeah. from the tour, but the tour is still going on. Yeah, that's minor. What are yeah. you going to do? And in Na- so that was it. Tacoma. Mm. In Nashville, uh, Nico showed up at the Hard Rock Cafe and played with this uh, Maiden tribute band. Really? They showed up. It's, they were called Iron Tribe. And he played uh, Run to the Hills and Flight of Icarus with this band. So how wow. cool would it be if you were like, in a tribute band and the drummer from the band that you're a tribute of? Oh, my God. That'd be pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Also, the fact that the Maiden show was on, there's tons of fans there. So, like, oh, yeah, everyone's in like you know, peak Nico Maiden Fest. Mode. Yeah. yeah, that'd be really cool. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's deadly. I would love to see that. So, yeah, that's two things that happened on the tour. We haven't really talked about the tour because we've kind of been into a few other episodes. Yeah, and we've had we had such we had a big, uh, you know, a lead up in the beginning, and and then we uh, we went through two episodes basically recapping it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just still coming down <laughs> off it. I know it's crazy. So they're in Vegas and L.A. this weekend. Yeah. Then Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, and then South America to wrap up. Rock in Rio, October 4th. Yeah. A couple more shows, and then done. Done. Do you think they'll do a third leg? No. You don't? No, I don't. 
So they're doing 82 gigs on this tour. Yep. Book of Souls, they did 117. Yep. Made in England, they did 100. I looked up all these numbers. Final Frontier, they did 101. Somewhere Back in Time, they did 90. Yep. Uh, Matter of Life and Death, 60. Eddie Rips Up the World, 45. Dance of Death, 53. Give Med Till I'm Dead, 56. And Brave New World Tour, 81. So I think Book of Souls was just an extra huge tour. Yeah. So, you know, doing 82, that would fit in with like... But how did they do the Book of Souls? They, they did like two North American legs, didn't they? But there was like, they had done... How was it? Had a third Off leg. the top of my head, it was something like they did a small in Europe and then they did North America and then they went and did more Europe and then more North America. Was think, that the way it went? I think they did North America, Europe, and then back to North America. Okay. Because remember, we saw Montreal and yeah. Toronto and then it was in Europe and then it came back and we saw Quebec City. Well, yeah. they did World. They did the World in the plane, yeah. right? And now they had the plane. That's yeah. true too. So so that, that plane, like to recoup the cost of the plane... Yeah, right. You need to do a bit more, right? Yeah. And the other side of it is it's not just that they did a big Euro leg of this. I could see them maybe going, you know what, we're going to play, we're going to get back, and maybe we'll do a couple more shows, maybe 12 shows in Europe. I don't know. I'm just pulling this off the top of my head. I could see them do something like that, but their focus is on that new album. That's that's my Well, that's what I was going to say, too. I'm kind of – I was kind of thinking – they were going to do a third leg just because it's such a success. Yeah. Until they looked at the numbers. And if you just look at the hits tours and don't look at album tours, like this one has 82. And then you go back, it's like 190, 45, and 56. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. And then what you said, too, about the, having this new album coming out. Yeah. I don't think they're going to sit on that for like another six Why months. Why would you want to? Yeah. Since we covered the, the tour from our own trip, a lot of messages um, through Facebook and through email have said, a lot of people have so many to too many to count or name have said you know this is the best tour or the best time they've seen them yeah you know? i've got some uh, clips here actually mm. bruce is sounding better and better as this tour goes on yeah this leg of the tour if you look at the first couple of shows and you look at how he's doing now like he's just sounding i think he's just improving as he's going on uh this is from this is a clip of bruce's singing from the show in minnesota Here's another clip of him. This is from the Pittsburgh show of him doing Hallowed Be Thy Name.
Bruce Amazing. Yeah, he is like a yeah. force of nature. He is. In case anyone thought we were being too hard on him for oh. last week's episode. <laughs> well, that's it, right? This is, you know, what, 25 years, 28, 26 years since that, cause depending on the on the which album we're talking about. Yep. You know, we got Fear coming up. Yep. The album's before the raspy voice period. Oh, I just don't. I'm not a. I'm not a fan. And this is what I love Bruce for. This is oh, why yeah. he's the best. He's great. He's the best. He is the best. He's awesome. There's nothing. Comparable. He's like up there. You would put like mm. there's a half a dozen metal singers that are like the greatest of all time, and he's definitely yeah. up there in the running for sure. There's some people that just that just have it. Like um, I was watching Whitney Houston, just a, a oh, Whitney yeah. Houston little documentary, and they played yeah. some verse. Like she just had it. Like she's just amazing. Yeah, right? she had an insane voice. Yeah. An insane voice. Well, yeah. you'll be happy to know that they are yeah. planning a Whitney Houston hologram tour. What? Yeah, there's a tour of Whitney Houston doing a hologram tour. Oh my God! Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> so like, and Roy yeah. Orbison. Roy Orbison, I love Roy. Okay, calm down. See a Roy Stop. Orbison uh, hologram show. These so first off, yeah. Oh, but they did one with Tupac, right? Yeah, and Ronnie James Dio. Now, what, what's going to happen with the hologram stuff? Like, it's going to be just like the Ronnie James Dio one. We talked about it a couple episodes ago. Yeah. I don't know how these ones are going to work. Yeah. Like, I doubt it'll be a live band with her. It's probably just a hologram, and you, like, I can't see. Why are people paying a ticket to see a hologram of someone? I'd pay like 20 bucks to see it. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, especially when you're like, how are they going to, are they going to simulate live? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it would be a live performance that yeah. they would convert into a hologram somehow. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't like this whole, yeah. like, all these, everyone's dead coming back from the grave as a hologram so people can, like. Oh, we could go off for days on this. Why in the hell I can't people. This to death. Well, why can't people think of new things? I know. Like, why is everything, everything like, has oh. To be a remake or a reboot I mean, or a I, rehash. I grew up, I was an Amazing Spider-Man fan when I was a okay. kid, right? I have all these classic Amazing Spider-Mans. Like, and then all of a sudden they were going to make a Spider-Man movie. And it was going to be Tobey Maguire. And I watched it and I was like, eh. You know, I was at the wrong age where I wasn't a geeky little kid anymore. And I was like, okay, yeah. whatever. But it's okay. Now they're on like three or four since. Like they just keep rebooting everything. Yeah. The Joker. How many Jokers? How many Batman movies? Like Star Wars? Leave it alone. Leave our shit alone. I'm getting so <laughs> sick of this crap. And now you're going to trump these people up like – what are we are our grandchildren going to be like you know uh they used to have a one-dimensional podcast talking about this band and they're going to be watching this hologram of of iron maiden no. i know it's this whole hologram body. thing is like a horrible idea i think yeah it's I, fine if it's I'd like disney world it. and it's like oh we have the whitney houston thing and i think you know what i mean it's just yeah you go on space mountain and then you go on like what's called not a brave new world yeah or, a, or a game where it's like sing like whitney and, you know, you can celebrate our music and teach people to sing, get people into parties. Yeah, but, like, to treat it like a concert. A concert, the whole point of a concert is to see yeah. the person live. It's a live a give and take between the audience exactly. and the person. And exactly. If that's not there, it's not a concert. Exactly. Stop and and when someone's gone, they're dead, they're gone. That's why we celebrate life while it's here now. And that's why yeah. we seize the moment. And that's why we do things. I just had a great idea. What's that? It has to do with Iron Maiden and holograms. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I'm not yeah. talking about doing an Iron Maiden hologram concert. Okay. Hologram Eddie on stage. Oh, now that would be cool. Yeah, you could yeah. imagine Maiden does their farewell tour. Ooh. They do a song Ho- yeah. from each album. The Eddie keeps changing. And they go all the way through, and every song there's a different hologram Eddie coming out. That is genius. You could do some cool stuff. And you could, you know, project an Eddie could be on the stage. Next That's one, awesome. he could be on the other side of the stadium, like, on, you know what I mean? Oh, like, my God. Eddie's everywhere. All over the place. <laughs> that would be amazing. They do Fear the Dark. The whole stadium goes dark. Yeah. and the And, like... They project, you know, those those HD projections. Yep. 
uh, like they do with the stained glass windows on the thing now, but except everything goes to trees, and yeah. then all over the stadium you see like eddies coming out of the trees everywhere. Really yeah, cool. Yeah, no, that's a deadly idea. Really cool idea. So wait, but Roy Orbison, go back to that. Yeah. So I'm a huge Roy fan. Okay, that's why I thought to bring this up because I read an article and yeah. it said Roy Orbison. I was like, I tell Josh about this. Yeah, and I they get, also mentioned Whitney Houston in the same article. I got to get a really good biography of him and read it. Like I only know pieces of his life. I know. He he was yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> oh, no. and lived a life of tragedy, you know, lost children, yeah. lost his wife. Like there's, it's really um, uh, there's some sad stories there. But uh, anyway, I've only read bits and pieces. I really should read about him because oh, I love his music. Well, now you can see him in hologram form. Oh God, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Anyway, we've been talking about the Maiden Legacy of the Beast, yes. and we would we raved about Yannick and what a level he's on, mm. and Adrian. We didn't really talk about Dave Murray. Well, we did. At first, I said we, he was off on his first show, but then we talked about how amazing he was. Yeah, but we didn't really get into the Dave yeah. Murray. Dave Murray on this tour is also playing on another level. Yeah. I noticed it mostly with listening to bootlegs of the recent, like, last few shows over the last few weeks. Mm. So this is a clip from Vancouver, September 3rd. And listen to Dave playing the solo. He keeps the feel of the original, but he just, like, yeah, he just has so much energy. Cool. That's actually a really interesting perspective because you you know that solo so well, and then when he does that, you're like, oh, that's cool. But I'm, I was almost like kind of first taken back, and I was like, wow, he's he's like, you know, it's almost like he's missing it. And then I realized that's what guitar solos are. You do what you want. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. You know, it's like it's not gonna affect but the it has song. The feel, but yeah, it's just, it does. It, sounds, it, it just seems like elongated. Everything it sounds it's like, like he's announcer. having fun playing it. Yeah, and it really comes through. Or a stroke. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So this one is another one. This is from Cincinnati, Ohio, a few weeks back. Yeah. First half is Adrian. It's textbook Adrian Precision. But then Dave plays the second half, and he just goes off again. I think this is just great. hitting all the key parts of the solo yeah but to get between like the key parts he's fitting in like twice as many notes yeah he's just like energized or something he's having, he's having fun yeah it sounds awesome yeah hologram hologram can't do that no god no <laughs> 
No. So this is another clip of Dave. This is from the Vancouver show again. Dave's on the first solo. Adrian finishes up. But it's the same thing. Dave goes up a notch, and Adrian just, like, textbook kills it. hear like these live solos and when you're yeah. there watching it especially yeah you realize how like amazing Iron Maiden is yeah it's one thing to sit down and listen to Iron Maiden albums all the time yeah but like I, I they have to put a DVD or a download or something of this concert they have to make a concert film of this oh concert. they, they do insane how amazing they sound yeah it would it, you know and oh, such a great stage presence too to be, make a great uh, Blu-ray yeah. they have to know? do it that would be awesome yeah yeah so Raven Age still opening but I thought I would mention there's a few other bands now mm. that have been announced. So uh, they announced this a long time ago that Fozzie is opening for the L.A. show. Yeah, the L.A. show. September yeah, that's 14th, right. which is tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we played, talked about them before. We played this clip of them covering uh, Where Eagles Dare. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Fozzie, we talked to them before. That's the right. wrestler. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Chris Jericho. Yeah. yeah. So from the WWE, he's now he's in the he's in another league now, and he just won the yeah. championship in it. He's famous, of course he did. Yeah, he's he's well known. So he's opening for them in it's LA, it's right? Just the LA show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I wonder what would they do any maiden stuff? I Are they allowed? Seriously, doubt it. You, yeah. We it were talking about that band. poor taste with it. We were talking about that band Fear. P H E A R. They're mm-hmm. like I think they're fearband.com or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Remember they were opening on in a stage um on a second stage when at the Toronto show, yes. the first Toronto show we saw. So they were kind of like a band to warm up the audience on a separate stage in at the venue though. Um and we played a clip of them, they're pretty cool. Yep. I think that they were asked not to play any maiden uh, so I would say Fozzie is definitely not going to be playing Maiden. They they don't play a lot of covers. Well, they play some covers. Yeah. Actually, I think they started as a cover band, kind of joking around to start. But mm. they have a bunch of albums out now, and they play all originals. So these like Maiden tracks that I play clips of are just like they happen to happen to do a few covers. Yeah. Because I've heard him on a few other podcasts, and he loves Iron Maiden. 
Yeah, he oh, does. Yeah. yeah, we played a few clips when we talked yeah. about him. But you can, you can, if you're interested in more, you can listen to the Talking Fozzie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there is one. <laughs> he has a, his own podcast. Yeah, oh, a really popular one, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Steve Harris was on it. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, October 9th in Porto Alegre, Brazil. Uh, the Raven Age is opening, but also a band called Rage In My Eyes. Mm. So I looked them up. Um, they were called Skellerata for 16 years, and they changed their name to Rage In My Eyes. Um, one of their albums has an appearance by Paul Diano, and Skellerata was also Paul Diano's backing band for 2009 to 2014. Oh, really? So they do have a lot of Maiden connections. Yeah. Um, this is a clip of them, just so you know what they sound like, if you're going to the Porto Allegro show on October 9th. sound yeah dual guitar yeah. harmony is pretty cool like he's got it. a good voice yeah very the double kick is used like yeah. sparingly the yeah. way i like yeah they rolled it on, on the end yeah. there i love that and saturday october 12th in buenos aires argentina raven age is opening and a band called serpentor is also opening they're a thrash band they've been on the go since 1998 and they're from buenos aires oh. um here's a clip of them that back to me when i was 17 that's awesome yeah instrumentally they're good the yeah. vocals are a little harsh for me that's pantera asks you know I mean? me yeah. like yeah. but uh they're you know they're opening in buenos aires are from buenos aires yeah the other band rage in my eyes they're from puerto alegre in their opening and fozzy's from la in their opening so why doesn't maiden drop the raven age altogether? yes do this more often grab a semi-popular local metal band to open it'd be a huge break for these bands it'd be uh-huh. big exposure Maiden could like travel the globe, putting this like spotlight on these up and coming bands yeah. at every show. Like, yeah. why don't they do that? Every single city has a metal band that I don't know. I'm sure is. <laughs> I don't want to. I almost said it. You're pitching. You're pitching semi popular and local over unpopular and not local. So <laughs> I don't know what to say. The other thing is, if yeah. you like, no one likes the Raven Age. No. Let's just come out and say it. No one likes. If it. you read on the on the, uh, yeah. but, but people people forums, don't like it. It, it feels un- very few people. Yeah, feels undeserved. Yeah. Well, other than also, people mm. just don't like the sound of them. They're getting bad reviews. Everything I've ever read, I've read one or two people that like the Raven Age. Or yeah. A couple of people have said they're okay, but like they're not getting a good reaction. Reaction. Yeah. Even a band that I didn't really like that much, mm. if they were the, your local band, like your hometown metal band. Yeah. Everyone would be rooting for him. It would be awesome. And then they could always say they open for me. 
That's right. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it was a Jarvis. Why are they forcing the Raven Age down our throat? Yeah, well, Jarvis from Night Team, and he was saying, like, you know, he's he represents bands. He has a very popular yeah, band. He does, he has and he was saying, like, yeah. the value of that stage is so huge, you know? Um, that could be a spotlight, exactly. Yeah. To, to a group of fans that are... We're a different demographic than a lot of typical metal fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or not not a demographic, a different group. Like I'm basically a, you know, a Maiden fan more than a metal fan. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah. so I if you expose me to something like that, yeah. And and you know what? If 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 it was different every place, I'd probably have to completely rethink all my arguments about the opening band. I'd probably be like, oh, this is the one show they're going to put on an amazing show. Let's get down, size it up. We'll get into our sheets and we'll drink there, and then we'll. Go ahead and get paired for the major show, you know. Yeah. So to change everything, it'd be a different dynamic. Then, oh, we're we're here's our sixth chance to see Raven Age this tour. Like, ugh. I know. I, and you know, on, actually, and seen Raven them Age zero times. Multiple but, tours, man. Like, yeah, nonsense. And the other thing is, a lot of Maiden fans, not mm. I wouldn't say a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot of Maiden fans see multiple shows per tour. Yeah. Some people we've talked to depending people on geography, like 14, 16, 18. Yeah. In one, remember that guy in Montreal that we ran into? He was, yeah. he was seeing, that was like his 16th on the Book of Souls tour. Yeah. And we usually see one or two or three, four. Yeah. Depends on your circumstances, yeah. depends on your geography. But I'm just saying, if you, if we went and saw Maiden in four different cities mm. and each one had a different opening band, how awesome oh, would that be? It'd be way better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone should just tell Rod Smallwood. <laughs> I would argue, I would even argue that if you did it right and if you set it up the right way with the right bands and you, you know, um, it could m- maybe make the decision for a few people on that third or fourth show. Like, yeah. I'm not saying they wouldn't, but if you're right on the fence, you know those decisions. Oh, should we go to Quebec this time? We were like, ah. Yeah. If it was like, oh, there's this metal band and they're supposed to be awesome. And then, yeah, you that's know, true. Yeah. And, yeah. and I would say with this tour, Legacy of the Beach. Now, excuse me. Legacy of the Beach. <laughs> Legacy of the Beach. That's actually <laughs> awesome because I've been on the beach all summer. Now, the one drawback of the Legacy of the Beach tour um, in hindsight now, is that we never really got to rock out an after-hour show. Yeah, we went to the... Oh, it was, uh, oh, it was we went to the cart and horses. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, that was the that best was of the, all time. Like never mind. Tour, yeah. Ignore this. That was... Uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, that night was... That was the best night of all time. I don't know how we made it out of that night. Alive. Oh, God. <laughs> we got to do a cart and horses update soon. I, I think wanna, it's basically ripped down to Yeah, I want to rip that. Rip that. torn. It's basically the demolished. ass out of those yeah. guys. I saw a clip online of someone with a fo- like giving it with their phone, had a video of the interior. It's all destroyed. It's destroyed. Nothing, and, it's basically, the, the cart and horses is gone. But I saw today, these guys like, oh, up the irons, we'll be open soon. I'm like, oh, go stick it up here. Yeah. You I know? know? Ugh. Yeah. Changing, know. changing good pubs. I hate <laughs> it. I hate it. It's like we were saying in one of our podcast yeah. they should have dismantled it and took it all and reassembled it yes. somewhere at like some kind of somewhere good like theme not only an idiot <laughs> yeah made it made it into a museum yeah you know so i'm glad we got there when we did that's right we spent a lot of time there so that was good yeah so uh anyway that's three more shows coming up with three different opening bands yeah it's an opportunity it's, yeah. it's a missed opportunity and then they're on to rock and rio yeah do you think we'll get a pro shot rock and rio because the Vakken show, Rock Am Ring, past Rock and Rio's, the Download Festival, mm. they, were, they were webcast. Yeah. So if we can get an HD webcast of the Rock and Rio show, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be deadly. Yeah. Yeah. We could uh, definitely have a watch of that one. Now, here's something weird about Rock and Rio. So Iron Maiden's the main act. They're headlining. Yep. Scorpions, Halloween, Sepultura, Slayer, and Anthrax, and a couple <sighs> other bands. Yeah. So the main stage 
here's what's going on. So there's a sunset stage, which is a, another stage. Actually, I think there's like four or five stages. Yeah. But the main bands, there's a sunset stage that has Anthrax at 6.30 and Slayer at 8.30. Yeah. So the main stage has Sepultura at 5.30, Halloween 7.30, Iron Maiden at 9.30, and then the Scorpions at 12.05. So Maiden isn't the last band to play. They're the second last. Okay. But I guess 9.30 is the prime time. It is. Oof, that's that a weird? funny one. Because you just I just assumed Iron Maiden would be playing last. Well, I don't know. Scorpion are at their following. I don't know what they're like down there. Scorpions but, are huge. I mean, you know. But yeah. just where Iron Maiden's getting first billing on yeah. everything. Yeah. It's strange. But I guess that is, you know, nine. I don't know. I don't know the market enough. Perfect. You know, I don't know. It's, yeah. Well, in a festival like that, nine o'clock, like a lot of, did they do it for I demographics? I think, too, if people show up. And start yeah. watching bands at like two in the afternoon. You'll be lossified. You don't want your band to come, your yeah. main band to come on at midnight. So um, maybe nine thirty is the prime spot. In yeah, time. but I thought that was weird. That is the prime spot. Yeah. That's when you go to watch the the main show comes on. Then they don't come yeah. on at six o'clock. You're having tea then. <laughs> they don't come on at eleven o'clock when everybody's eyes are droopy. Yeah. You know? So ah, that's anyway, interesting I though. Just thought I'd bring that up. Man, how do you follow Maiden? Rock and Rio. How do you follow this? Like like everyone will be wiped. Scorpions will be fine. They're huge. Yeah, they're huge, yeah. and they got some really really well known tunes. So whoever's left will be into it. Yeah. yeah. Something else that we mentioned that I want to bring up again is the Day of the Dead. I keep reading online that Iron Maiden has a new beer called Day of the Dead coming out. Yeah. They don't have a new beer. It's just the label. It's the regular Trooper beer. It's a what? special edition of the label. It's, it's not a beer. It's a special edition label. Yeah. So. Let me get this right, because so, yeah. we recorded that ahead, and then, like, right. when we, we saw re- it, like... when we recorded on that, yeah. it was a rumor. So yeah. I was literally, I think I went... Well, when they announced it, they announced yeah. it as a new label. But a lot of people are picking up on that, on these metal websites and all these, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I went and in they're and said, not, it's they're... a track, didn't I? I said, that's a track. Yeah, you were saying, so you were thinking the Day of the Dead... Okay, so here's the thing. Rock and Rio is October 4th. Yes. The Day of the Dead is November 2nd. Yes. Um... I don't know if it has some kind of tie-in with like, like I thought, Day of the Dead is like a more of a Mexican thing, not okay. so much a South American thing. I don't know. And this is coming up from October to November two thousand nineteen, and it's just a special edition of the label. So it's regular Trooper Trooper beer with a special label on it. Yeah. It seems like a weird thing to do if it's not a tie-in for something. Hmm. So I'm thinking now that, I'm thinking now that it's probably. And maybe it is time for a track. Yeah, it could be. I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe full circle. I'm back on not looking so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, that sucks. So it's the same beer because when we were at the brewery, they had all kinds going on. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't have four or five beers now. Now yeah. Robinson well, also do. has a huge. Have, well, how many do they have? They have Trooper. Yeah. They had the six six six, which isn't around anymore. Yeah, they I mean, I'm the I'm talking Light Brigade. Yeah, yeah, they did the they uh, the, the Saki one. Yeah. There was the red and the black. The red and the black. Yeah, and the, there was a stout porter or something at one stage, wasn't there? The Hallowed. Yeah, and the Hallowed. But so, I mean, yeah. the 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 trooper is the only ongoing beer. But in in parallel to that, Robinson has produces a full line of beers. Oh yeah, like right? the they trooper, have awesome beers. Yeah, the trooper is mm-hmm. a very small percentage of the beers that they make. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a, the bulk of their sales now, though. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, yeah sure. remember like, that? I don't we, think I don't see any other Robinson beers like in Canada in the liquor store. Yeah, well, they like bigged up the brewery, and remember when we were doing it? They were like, "We've been partnered for a few years now. It's been excellent for oh, us." Yeah. And everyone on the tour had a main shirt. I was like, "Obviously, <laughs> yes, I know. how we many people to... were going to see like Robinson Brewery?" We went to the Robinson Brewery <laughs> yeah. tour, and you walk yeah. in the front door, and it's like 
It's got some like old timey yeah. Robinson stuff and kegs stuff and stuff, and casts, and old fermenting, yeah, yeah. copper containers. Yeah. fat. And then yeah. you turn your head, and it's just like this big trooper <laughs> beer display. And like, yeah, we were there, and we went down to the bar. Yeah, and it's all trooper, everything, like everything branded yeah. trooper. And everyone sitting there had like a maiden shirt on or some I kind know. of heavy metal. I think there was like on. one person who was there for like a normal brewery tour, and everyone <laughs> yeah. else was just a maiden fan. Now it was near to concert time too. That's true. So that would skew yeah. it. But I think that's true. I never thought about that. But everybody would. I mean, it's the the draw. Yeah. So I'm know? sure that yeah, the Trooper beer was very good for a run. What a beautiful little Eng- English town too, a Stockport. Yeah, it was pretty it was cool. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Well, I, think, I think I read a lot of things. Yeah. Online with people making like comments about Stockport. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I would I would definitely go back there next time I go to Manchester. Yeah, we, spun, we actually went to a couple of cool little pubs in Stockport yeah. on the main street there. We did. Yeah. We had a good feed. Yeah. I wasn't there like a, uh, a hat museum. There was. <laughs> Across the street from there was, the pub we were But in. we didn't go into it. We didn't. <laughs> no, we were like, it was one of those moments we where you're like. We looked out the window, we had our pints, and we were like, does that say hat museum? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. And then we were like, no, let's just drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It was funny. I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. Possibly the best podcast in the world. I'm running out of my time. I'm running out of breath. So let's get, okay. We got to get into the feedback on the ball for yes. the episode. Yes. Okay, I've got a couple of things here. This one says, you guys were a little rough on Brucey. That album is better than you give it credit for. And that's from Sean. S-E-U-N. That's Sean. Okay. Okay. S-E-U-N? Yeah, I've never seen that spelling before. And uh, from Twitter, uh, a guy named John said, love the podcast, but in terms of his maiden songwriting and his solo stuff, you guys criminally underrate Bruce's ability. You seem to gloss over his maiden credits, but he's obviously the lyricist on those tracks. His lyrics have a poetic quality that Steve's lack, and he tends not to do the repetitive chorus thing. I'd say most of my favorite Maiden songs are Bruce co-writes, because that means Bruce lyrics. Though I agree he lost his way in the early 90s. I love all Maiden songs to have Bruce on lyrics. I honestly think Bruce is the genius in Maiden along with Adrian in terms of songwriting. That's a bold hot take. Yeah. I think that, that requires a little further. He actually also from us. recommended that we do an, a whole yeah. episode on like different songs and who wrote them and songwriting styles and lyric styles, which would be a cool idea to That's do. That's right. And you can take any perspective on that stuff yeah. because I mean I remember when you turned everyone around on Yannick and you kinda did the the songs that right. he was either instrumental in or wrote or I think yeah. both. And uh it it was, you know, a, a small subset of the greatest hits yeah. and he has a huge influence look bruce has done some great stuff yeah i i know it was a bit tough and i'm getting yeah. destroyed on facebook which has been great right uh but oh my god like that album sucked in some ways See, like, i don't think so yeah so I don't know. maybe we were a little bit dismissive on bruce's songwriting mm. after we got through that uh uh shoot all the clowns song yes and we kind of got into making fun of it a little bit i don't think we were overly harsh on the album yeah. It's just like when Bruce goes bad, he goes really bad. He yeah. doesn't do it very often, but when he writes a bad song, they're pretty bad. Like the same guy that wrote Laughing in the Hiding Bush and Shoot All the Clowns wrote Power Slave and Revelations. Like wrap your head around that, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's great. Like I don't know where his head was who in knows? the 90s. I don't think we were that harsh on the album. People, yeah. we got a lot of, I know you got a lot of 
Facebook messages. Well, I got some great ones. I want to read a few. <laughs> and I got a bunch of yeah. emails, a, a lot of emails, yeah, and some ton. feedback on Twitter. Mm. But we went through the album. Cyclops, we said was good. Hell No, we said was good. Gods of War, we said was great, like a classic. Yeah. A Thousand Points of Light, we said was okay. Laughing in the Hiding Bush, we said wasn't very good. Change of Heart, we said was good for a ballad. Yeah. Shoot All the Clowns, we said was terrible. Yep. Fire, we said was decent. Sacred Cowboys, I said it had a good chorus and a b- had bad verses. Yeah, it was And then Tears of the Dragon, we said was an awesome yeah. epic. So overall, yeah. I don't think we were very harsh on it at all. Yeah, Sacred Klaus was the one with the I think great we just went song, really terrible hard on Shoot All the Clowns. Well, I also think it's the fact it that deserves. it's the fact that it didn't have a cohesive feel. A lot of it, like Balls to Castle, felt mailed in. Yeah. A lot of it was unfinished. Yeah. There was... It has a lot to do with the It didn't show any of his... It, yeah. yeah. The band didn't help him out. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff going on, but ultimately, you only... It's all relative. Like I yeah. said on the podcast, it's all relative. I mean, yeah. if if my friend released that album, I would be like over the moon. But when Bruce Dickinson does it... Yeah, the, expe- you know, expect so You expect so much. Yeah. And... I you know I'm spoiled to have a high standard to to, to hold it against, but I, I don't care. Yeah, that's the way it is. Listen to this guy. I don't know how how legit this is, but Alexander writes in. And he says, "Shoot all the clowns." Is a story behind it. it explains why it doesn't uh, really feel like it fits on the album. The record company thought the album lacked a hit and demanded a song reminiscent of Aerosmith. Bruce didn't fancy it. Was a little bit pissed off and wrote and recorded "Shoot All the Clowns" in a couple of days as a joke and a kind of an nephew. I don't know if there's any legitimacy to that. Oh, maybe. Uh, again, Ma- Maiden, I don't need to hear your inside jokes. I said that yeah. about, like, all those songs where they impersonate Rod Smallwood. Yeah. You know, Sheriff of Huddersfield and stuff. Like, yeah. that's fine if you want to make a joke, but I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you want to stick it to someone, yeah. maybe it did need a hit anyway. I got, I got, uh, we got a little, uh, a little ripped on another one here. Just a second now. Patrick uh, says to me, I just listened to this album a few days ago. I don't agree with your opinion on the B-slash-slash-bonus-disc stuff. Bruce was going for a Peter Gabriel vibe with that material. I think you talked about that. Uh, the Breeding House Story is a great song. Come on, guys. This is definitely my least favorite solo album overall, but they get better. I love this one. Brian uh, David O'Donoghue. Lads, you got it wrong today. Balls is a classic. Ooh, fighting okay. words. Loves it. It has it, a lot of classics yeah. on there, and some of his best solo songs are on it. He, he said, it was meant to sound experimental because Bruce felt caged in Maiden. Not a bad note on this album. Oh. Ooh. Unlike. Talkingmaiden.com slash talk. Coming at it with Call the heat. in and explain yourself, please. <laughs> yes, that's right. Hey, look, you know, we're just having a bit of fun. I know. But uh, well, I like got, I would say, okay, yeah. we're not here to like trash things, no. but we're also not like cheerleaders for Iron Maiden. This no. isn't like an Iron Maiden podcast where we just like... Yeah. Say like, obviously, if we're trashing the Raven Age, yeah. If we were like, you know, we're that Steve Harris's son's band, you know. Mm. If we don't like something, we say we don't like it. That's right. We're just like, but we don't. We're not going to trash something just for the sake of trying to be a smart ass or something. Yeah. If I trash something, or if I have very very critical on some of these songs, I make sure. Sh- I'm, I'm not just going to listen to a song half a dozen times and make fun of it. Right. Mm. I listen to it. I pick it apart. I find the reasons I don't like it. And I try mm. to talk about why I don't like it. And I, if there's something in it I do like, I pick that out and say why I do like it. That's right. I'm not just trashing stuff. And like, we're not like the authorities on like Iron Maiden or anything. No. We're, like it says in the bio for our uh, podcast, we're just like yeah. two guys talking about Iron Maiden. <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. you know, when you go on, on like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. There's like the critic scores and the, uh, 
the audience score. Yeah. Like, we're just two of the many like, <laughs> yeah, of the many scores. people's scores. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I love it, though. I got to be honest with people are like, you guys got it all wrong. I, those yeah. those comments are, are great, right? Yeah. A bit of fun. And, uh, you know, I had some good banter and back and forth. And that's what it's all about. But, yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't get behind Bruce's solo stuff. And to the point where it, it comes, I, I think you, you summed See, it up okay. when you said okay. the, the Bodie, the, what was this? Scrody McBoat. What was this? What was his book? That silly oh, book. Oh, Lord Iffy Boat Race. Lord Iffy, Scrody McBoat Face, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> that like Bruce has got that sense of humor, which no offense, Bruce stick to singing. Like he's, he makes jokes that are so weird. Like you see it in his documentary and it's like, he just kind of has this, this weird, way of approaching yeah i don't and find his humor funny at he's all. not funny right yeah. and he does these kind of these these weird little catchy jingle things and he and he tries to turn it around like even that like all the clown stuff like yeah. okay fine you wrote that track wise clowns met wrenching like and four the, other times all the you know? stuff too where he's it's just all like nonsense. ruins the song trying to be yeah, funny i just feel like a, he's he's severely diminished without iron maiden around him that's my feeling that's i've seen i think that that is small a fair analysis. assessment based on someone who yeah. has only really given good listens to the first two bruce albums and chemical wedding which and is chemical good. wedding which is amazing yeah. chemical wedding is really as good. good as a maiden album yeah but if you threw that in with the maiden albums it would rank yeah. like up there it'd be up there so same with tyranny yeah. of souls man tyranny and that's of fair souls is amazing yeah and that's fair and i love the sarajevo documentary i'm not a, yeah. i'm not a i'm coming at bruce from yeah. a maiden perspective because so that's why solo stuff it's just yeah. really inconsistent because some of yeah. it is really bad yeah but when they're good man the songs are so good like some of some of bruce's songs are classics man yeah. Like the, he has a, a lot, especially when you get into the later albums after this. It's a shame we kind of started in chronological order. Yeah. Did Chemical Wedding and then Balls to Picasso because there was, it, you know, I mean, they get better as they go on. Yeah. And we started with the weakest and then, well, yeah, I think we started with the weakest and then went to the second one. If we do another one in a couple of months, <sighs> we'll go straight to, no, we'll go to Chemical Wedding or Tyranny of Souls because those are front to yeah. back amazing albums. Yeah. There's no weak points on those albums. I know. A couple of people were saying, album. I can't wait to hear what you guys say Skunk Works. I'm like, I need a time out. Like, Skunk Works is not a good one to get into next yeah. because that takes a lot of listens to. It re, it's a slow mm. grower. I think we should jump right to one of his. Let's like, just mail best. it in. We're never doing that one. <laughs> Done. Done. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. There you go. No listens. Let's do Tyranny of Souls or Chemical Wedding next. In a couple of, we got a oh, lot of Maiden to do before we get yeah. into the solo. Album. Oh my god. But in a couple of months, and we we'll could just sum one. them all up in one quick go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a Bruce Solo fan. Yeah, no, I'm just not. Yeah, you would be if you listened to. Yeah, no. Tyranny of Souls and Chemical. Yeah, Wedding. but even then, the body work. I, I just don't know. I just like as soon as you break them out of this genre, I just. I don't know. It's not. I, I don't know. know. Chemical Wedding almost sounds like a Maiden album. Yeah, but I, I and it's got Adrian I've got Smith. the whole Tyranny of Souls has Adrian Smith on it too. Yeah, I so you the... have two of the key members of Maiden. Mm. Outside of Maiden, making awesome albums. Yeah. I got the whole wrong perspective, though, because as soon as I listen to them, like Sarajevo, I love the, the greatest hits compilation. Yeah. Because I compare it to Maiden, and it, and it stands up. Yeah. And all of it, I look at it, I basically want him to be singing Maiden. And See, so these first two ones, and I know I that's wrong. Were, these first two ones I thought were fun to do. Yeah. Because it is fun to have, like... Something negative. It's fun to talk about an album that has, like, really high highs and mm. really low lows. Like, that's yeah. how I would describe... Balls Picasso is the highs are really high mm. and the lows are really low. You know what I mean? And I would yeah. say the same thing about Tattooed Millionaire too. Yeah. Man. Inconsistent. Anyway, I got ripped for it, but I stand by it. It's not a good album. There's there's really great tracks on it. Pluck them out. I think it's a good album. I don't think it's a great album. I don't think it's a very, very good album. 
but it's yeah. a good album. It's solid. Yeah. There's a couple of bad songs on there I skip every time. Oh God, I don't even want to it's double more down than further. Half of it, more than half of it is good. I don't want to double down further on this, but if, <laughs> if if I had the vinyls, I'd give them away. Oh my God. I hate to say that, but like, I, I just don't want them on my, in my, you like, I'm just drawing a line around. Man. Okay. I'm just, it's not, it's outside. I'm okay. I'm not, I just, <laughs> ugh. Anyway, maybe I listen to it too much and I listen to all of them. You listen to all the pieces. Yeah, but I listen to the core album a ton. I, yeah. Like, because that's the other thing. Like, you're, you you say like, okay, yeah, I don't have a big body of knowledge on it. Fine. But when I come in to, to do it, I'll have listened to it to death. Yeah. I have to. Otherwise, I can't do it. Yeah. And this one, I listened to it to death. And I was just like, yeah. ugh. Then you know what? Fear of the Dark, I've been listening like around the clock. It's not a regular album I listen to. You know, there's so yeah, many of them. Yeah, me too. It's one yeah. I hardly listen to. But there's a lot of stuff on there I really like. Yeah. And I'm, it's spoilers, spoilers. 100 times better, <laughs> you know. But uh, and, and people are waiting for us to rip the beans out of it. It's really hard for me to rip a Maiden album. I can rip parts. Yeah. But, I'll just be super honest yeah. and I'll pick apart the songs we'll see. and I'll tell you what I like and what I don't like. Fair enough. Down to the clip. <laughs> what? But who doesn't like an Eddie growing out of a tree? But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll get I've into got that. another clip yeah. I want to play. This is from talkingmaiden.com slash talk. A listener named Matt left this one and it's a pretty funny story. What's up, Josh and Nesbitt? Longtime listener, first time caller. Here's my Iron Maiden story. All right, setting the stage. It's the final Frontier World Tour. In 2010, I'm watching Iron Maiden from the lawn with a whole bunch of friends. And let me tell you, we've had a lot of drinks all day long, smoked a ton of weed, and my buddy lights up a blunt. And somebody careens at him and breaks his blunt in half. As recompense for breaking his blunt in half, that person gives my friend a Vicodin. So now the dude is rocking to Iron Maiden. He has a lot of drinks in him. He has a lot of weed in him, and he's got a Vicodin in him, too. And combine that with the following fact. He's a huge NFL fan, in addition to being an Iron Maiden fan. And as we're watching the show, he starts saying, I can use my NFL moves, juke past the guards, and get on that stage. And we say to him, dude, that's a bad idea. But he, he's dead set on it. He's like, I'm going to get on that stage with Maiden. It's super easy. There's three guards guarding the three ticket price tier levels. I just got to juke past three cards and I'm right up on the stage. And he goes for it. He blasts past the first guard, jukes right past him, super smooth. The second guard is a little bit trickier, but he gets past him. Now he's in the home stretch. He's in the, running past the expensive seats towards the stage. A fan steps into the aisle, grabs him, holds him back. Fan starts wailing on him. I believe the fan stance was, I paid for these expensive seats, and here you are running in from the lawn. That's not fair. I'm going to get a couple blows in. Security also catches up at that point. Their stance is, people really shouldn't be rushing the stage while Iron Maiden is rocking. We're going to get a couple of blows in. My buddy takes a good beating. He was a good spirit about it, but when we got back to the hotel, he was pretty bloody. There's a lot of blood on the sheets. We were worried we wouldn't get our deposit back, but we did. Anyway, great show. Iron Maiden Final Frontier World Tour 2010 in Detroit. Unbelievable. I will tell you this. The party sometimes for Maiden is what you're going to see in the lawn area. Up front, there's your serious fans. Lawn is the partiers. Both good options. I've done both. I've enjoyed both. Speaking of things that I've enjoyed, I always enjoy your show. Keep it up. Keep cranking out new episodes. Up the irons, down the hops. 
Oh man, the star of the show. Yeah. That was awesome. What an awesome story. I love that. You know what the best part is? Vicodin, that guy's not feeling any of that. <laughs> oh man. Not the way he tells it's it to. We were worried we're not gonna get our deposit back, but we did. <laughs> it's funny he says like sometimes you can get your expensive seats and all whatever. Yeah. But the party's on the lawn. Yeah. That's like the the most mean you have ever partied was yeah. the second night at the O2 Arena when we had the if you picture an arena, the O2 Arena. Yeah. You picture the end of the the opposite from the stage. Yeah. Nosebleeds. And when I say nosebleeds, I mean the upper upper bank we were almost in all the way the middle to the back. of nowhere. There's maybe like 10 or 12 rows behind us. Yeah, remember, further away from remember the, stage. the guy behind us was from Finland and he had his grandmother with him? Yeah, no, he had his mother with him. <laughs> mother, his, mother, oh. his elderly mother yeah, with him. Yeah, his elderly yeah. mother. Oh my God, that was yeah. funniest. And I had my shirt off the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> standing up and the most bleeds my shirt off well, rocking it. how Canadian we are. It's like Josh takes his shirt off and starts waving it over his head like, woo! And he looks behind him and makes sure he's, he's like, oh, sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, I did. I looked behind me. I was like, oh, sorry. Down, and then yeah. kind of like half like yeah, kind of leaned down a bit. I was like, no, want to block in its view. <laughs> it's so true. Well, I don't like being a dick. I know. You know. Yeah, that's funny. Man, Vicodin. That's that a hilarious story. His poor buddy. Like, I, I, I appreciate where he's coming from. He just, <laughs> yeah. he just went for it. And sometimes that works out, and sometimes you take a beating, but that's part of life. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun, though. <laughs> oh, man, meth. Start of the show. So... God, we're gone to live. We're we're, gonna, we're gonna go long again today. <laughs> we got another email, and then we're gonna talk I'll about the hundredth episode emails. lead up. Oh yeah, we, yeah, right. So uh, getting close. Fear the dark. Fear the dark. After fear the dark, four. we're gonna be coming up on our hundredth episode. Next three or four. So if you want to leave us a that. message about our hundredth episode, yes, talkingmaiden.com slash talk. Yeah, leave a message. Um, because on our hundredth episode, I think we're just gonna drink like a whole we're, bunch of. We're beers. gonna get loaded. <laughs> I'm gonna try and. I'm going to try and convince Nesbitt to let me put it on Facebook Live, and we'll just, just shoot the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, we could have a bit of fun. Yeah. All right, we'll leave a message out there. Maybe. We or email us on talkingmaiden at gmail.com if yeah. there's a, a favorite clip from the last 100 episodes that you have. Yeah. Or something. Fair enough. bring up. I got some ideas. It's all What's, blur us. We got one more email to do. I got a stack email We got a here. stack to do. I'll go through this one. This yeah. is a good one. So this is from uh, a listener named Lee. Says hi guys, big fan of Maiden and the podcast. First concert was a matter of life and death in Dublin when I was twelve. Seen them Ooh. twice since. That's the tour that we always like. Nice. Wish we could have seen. Yeah, I read that. That came in the other day. Yeah, I just wanted to write in and say thanks for all the work you put in the podcast and the great clips. I'm really grateful for making me see the Blaze albums in a new light, which I had always seen as filler. But judging them on their own merits and not comparing them to Paula Bruce actually do stand up for the most part. I've put some questions below if you ever have a slump in inspiration. Yeah, cool. So that's cool. We turn them on to Blaze. Yeah. Um, which band, if any, would you like to see cover Maiden, if any? And oh. which songs? And this is kind of a similar question. If you were in Maiden, who would have been your go-to to replace Bruce? Oh, wow. If I was, I can answer that now. Do if, it. If I was in Maiden, well, to replace Bruce. You can't replace Bruce. But I was yeah. going to say, if what I was in like? Maiden, I would have been totally kicked out for just rocking too hard. I would have been so, <laughs> <laughs> I literally would have been Viking in Man. <laughs> now, I mean, I don't know. I would. Uh, who would you, who would you replace him with? That's a very good question. Chris so, Cornell. I love Chris Cornell. <laughs> I'd throw him in for anything. So here is another email. I'm going to yeah. answer the question from this email with yeah. another email from a listener named Paul. Yeah. Who he just sent this message, and I thought this almost answers. This would pretty much be my answer to that other email. He says, "Hey guys, love the podcast. My only problem is I've caught up with the archives, and now I have to wait a week for each new one." 
It also struck me before that when Steve was looking for Bruce's replacement, Ronnie James Dio was a free agent again after leaving Black Sabbath after Dehumanizer. It would have never lasted because RJD and Steve would have butted heads, but it would have sounded amazing while it did. Imagine Ronnie James Dio singing Sign of the Cross. It'd be interesting. Yeah. So that's my answer. I'm taking his answer that he mailed me and I'm yeah. using that as my answer. That's a good answer. That would have been crazy. Okay, Ronnie James Dio, imagine doing Lord of the Flies. That would be Or excellent. Look for the Truth yeah. or the Unbeliever. Yeah, but... Can you imagine? Yeah, there's a couple of issues, though. What's we that? might never get Bruce back. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Well, he would have petered out. I'd say Ronnie James Dio wouldn't have lasted in a band with yeah. two pairs for very no. long. No, maybe two albums. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like Blaze. Nah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and it was a funny time. But... And we might have never had Blaze. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, but I don't know. Anyway, but when as soon as he said uh, Ronnie James Dio singing Sign of the Cross, I was mm. like, oh, yeah, that would be insane. Mm. That would be cool. So that's uh, so back to Lee's email. He had a couple of questions. Another question he said, are Steve Loopy and Derek Riggs' book worth the extremely high price? And is Bob Angelo's book worth a read? Yeah. So they're all worth a read. Derek Riggs' book is really cool. It has a lot of art and a lot of his non-maiden art. Mm. And there's a lot of stories about like how he came up with the artwork. It's really interesting. And I think that book's totally worth it. Yeah. Steve Loopy Newhouse's, if you're into the history of Iron Maiden and you want to hear like an inside story from someone who was there, and it's really entertaining the way he writes. I just really like the way he writes. I have another one of his books called Thunder Thuck. Which is like a novel that he wrote. Thunderthuck. Yeah. Which is that's Steve Loopy Newhouse's book too. Mm, say that five times fast. Yeah. Yeah. So the Loopy book and the Derek Riggs book, I think, are totally worth the money. The Bob Angelo Sawyer, it's worth a read. I don't know if I would spend a lot of money on it. Yeah. I would there's a lot of other books I would buy first. Another thing is these books, I spend money on a lot of these books. Like I got that book on the Bridge House. Yep. I got a couple of kind of obscure maiden books that are very, like, tangentially. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, tangential, yeah. Tangential to... Tangentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Related to Iron Maiden. Yeah. I don't know if the average person would get a, a lot of use out of them. See, with me, mm. I spend money on these books, and I have this shelf. Yes. It's full of maiden books yeah. and maiden-related books. Yeah. But I'm digging into them all the time. Like, we're doing Fear of the Dark, and I just put, there's like, eight or nine of the books I pull out, yeah. and I read the part on Fear of the Dark, and it's just, you know what I mean? That's right. And every every single album we do, pretty much, I look at the Derek Riggs book and read yeah. what he has to say in the history on the album art. Yeah. and the, yeah. So, to me, they're totally worth it. I'm just trying to think if you spend you a lot also, of money on you the also Derek have, Riggs, how often you would revisit it. You, you have a podcast that you yeah. research. Yeah. You know how many people do that, and... When are you writing your book? That's what I want to know. I don't know. It'd be fun. No. Forward by Josh. There was a time we got on Vicodin. <laughs> <laughs> and Nesbitt was getting punched. Actually, maybe it was his buddy. It was the guy at that, <laughs> in that concert. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to make it this time. I'm totes going to make it. So he has, okay, this guy Lee has one more question. He says, yeah. Josh mentioned he lived in Ireland. Is that where he picked up the word deadly from? Oh, uh, deadly is a Newfoundland it's a thing. Newfoundland, Newfoundland thing, yeah. like my accent is is an Irish Newfoundland accent, really. Yeah. But so, everyone says deadly. But everybody, here. yeah, we. But I don't know if it they didn't say hurt it in Ireland, do they? Yeah, I picked up a lot of stuff in Ireland, though. You know, I. Uh, I know. Yeah, I remember you uh, moved away and you lived over yeah. in the UK for that was first yeah. for years. Yeah. And Josh would come back and I'd be like, hey, Josh, you're back. We should uh, have a few beers. You're back in town. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's get all my mates over to my flat. And I was like, what are you talking yeah, about? No, I was like, let's go meet up some <laughs> you mates. get all your yeah. friends over to your apartment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, the, here we're like, oh, let's get our friends together. It's so lame. Like, you know. Yeah, buddies. And, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. That's funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> you just pick up all that stuff. You yeah. st- and I still catch myself saying stuff, but you mostly lose it after yeah. you come home for a while. But uh, Deadly is uh, very much a new Deadly thing. Deadly is in a, a little bit of an Irish thing. Yeah. Like the biggest, the biggest they might thing. They in Ireland, but. The biggest really common one is we always say yes, bye, and bye, yeah. which is yeah. a Waterford saying, which is where everyone came here from. Okay. So they, in Dublin, you wouldn't hear that. But when I'd say yes, bye, people would look at you, oh, yeah, and they'd yeah. be like, oh, you know, you're a culture, uh, which is a, you know, a, a bayman or a countryman. Yeah. And um, bayman here, countryman there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there'd, there'd be that draw. But there's, there's tons of stuff like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of cool expressions here that oh, you tons, don't hear anywhere else. Tons. So uh, yeah. that's it. I'm not going to get into any more of these things. We've gone like... Yeah, we're a little over. A little over, but that's all right. C'est la vie. Yeah. That's French. <laughs> <laughs> French like this beer. That's French like this beer. Quebec. Yeah. Captain Simcoe. Fantastic. We got uh, a even... Hopped sour beer. This one was delicious. Yeah. It's a big bottle too, so we had multiple glasses. So the 100th talking. episode, because we, we get this out now this yep. week, we got a 100th yep. episode coming after Fear of the Dark. Fear, Fear, Fear of the, the Dark... Dark. We tend to, like, when we get into an album, we try and focus on the album. Just because yeah. people go to it, then they're like, oh, this is fair to the Derek. They don't yeah. want to hear us talking about topical things, kind right. of to keep them a little cleaner. Yeah. Although we have we don't have any rules that we've adhered to completely. You could, you could prove us wrong. Um, so really, this is our chance to talk about the 100 episodes for a couple of minutes. Okay. Anybody wants to say anything, wants to give us a perspective, if you want to tell us what the best thing or the worst thing we did is, yeah. anything that hits your mind, let us know, because we're going to be... Over the next couple of weeks, um, we're yeah. going to be prepping out some reflections and just kind of talk about where we're going to go from here. I think we're going to have much of a plan. It's just yeah. Gonna, yeah, let's just go for it. Well, but the more people that can give us feedback, the better. Yeah. Especially stories like uh, Matt had that yeah. just called in because that was yeah. hilarious. That was awesome. That was really funny. Yeah. So if you have a crazy Maiden story, Maiden-related. Yeah. Talkingmaiden.com slash talk. That's right. And between yeah. now and the 100th episode, we're going to see Night Demon here. That's true. And we're going to be yep. having quite a party. That's true. So we'll have a full report <laughs> we, we on that, We survive. Too. <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be a show. All right. Let's right wrap on. it up. We'll wrap it up. Talkingmaiden.com slash talk. Email us. Get us some any input for the 100th episode if you want to want to get your voice in there. Yep. Let us know. Until next time, up the irons and down the hops.